My name is Hiro Ikushima. I'm uh, currently serving as work leader and uh, guest unit manager. <coughs> excuse me, guest unit manager at the city center here. Um, this is my fifth or sixth time hosting the Yaz. Um, it's my joy to be here, and I love this group so much. And I uh, really appreciate this opportunity. Uh, special thanks to Kodo. And this is going to be my last hosting of the year, uh, because I'm going to Tassahara for practice period in a couple of weeks. And that's a three-month-long intensive practice. And, um, and this time, it's going to be a, a bit different, because I have been invited to be Shuso. Uh, for the practice period, and so is a role of a head student or head monk. Um, yeah, to be honest, I'm really excited because Tassahara is a place where I practiced for five years intensively, and so I'm, at the, I'm nervous at the same time uh, because uh, Shuso is kind of elevated position, um, and my teacher, Tia Schroeser, said, uh, don't try to be a teacher, just being an example of, a, of practice. So what does it mean, being an example of practice? And for me, practice at Tassahara was like, just continuous mistakes. And you know, I used to take things very, very seriously. Um, and that's, of course, important uh, in this practice. But they always um, say that, take it seriously, but hold it lightly. Right. And when I went to Tassahara, it was 2014, April 2014. I had this understanding of you know what practice, Zen practice should be. Right. My understanding of well, what I really wanted uh, was a freedom, inner freedom, inner peace, because I was struggling for many reasons and. I read a lot of Buddhist books and spiritual books, and what I found out is that the, most of my suffering is really coming from here, my own thinking, my own mind, right? And I believe for many, many people around the world share the same kind of uh, this sense of dissatisfactoriness, uneasiness, um, I'm not good enough, that kind of voice in the head. Um, so by you know reading a lot of books and listening to teachers' talks, okay, you know I thought I'm going to drop my ego. I'm going to the monastery and practice really hard, right? And before entering the gate, I was so determined. Or right, I'm going to drop my opinions. Right? I'm going to uh, leave my petty ego and pride. I'm going to say yes to whatever I'm told to do. Follow the schedule 100% be on time, um, be in a zendo early. Um, and I thought that's the right thing to do. And then I'll be, I, I thought I'm going to be free of my ego. Right? And then I'm going to be completely free. And it wasn't that simple. What I found out, in a nutshell, you know, I went through so many mistakes. And mistakes, like little mistakes. And also there's a deep spiritual mistakes. And, and the, the spiritual mistake I, I made, well, I, I Really, it's not me that I made a mistake. It just happened uh, because I really have no control, right? It's uh, um, what I found is that the ego is a shapeshifter, 
shapeshifter, meaning that so smart and very clever. It will change its shape and constantly creating, renewing the sense of self, this me, right? So what is me? Um, the founder of Soto Zen, um, Dogen Zenji, said in one of the fascicles, um, the study the Buddha way is to study the self. To study the self is to let go of the self. Right? And I forget the self, he said. To study the self is to, to forget the self. To forget the self is to be actualized by myriad things. And this self is, in a nutshell, it's ego. Right? This, this me, uh, who I think I am. So, what I experienced in Tassahara by making mistakes um, was very um, eye-opening in a very surprising way. Because in a conventional world, right, we all strive to be successful. Right? And wise people, even successful people say making mistakes are very important. Um, and it is true. Right? And, yeah, it, it has the power to wake you up. And, but in a conventional world, you're st still striving for a success that looks good in the eyes of the world. Uh, it's still the, it's a game of winning and losing, right? So you can lose many games, but if you win the gold medal at the end, it's all good. And that kind of mentality is there. So the ego still remains. So in a way, it's like a started climbing up the mountains, right? And there are many, many uh, inspiring stories about that. And there are many movies made out of this, this kind of story, right? And they're inspiring. And I love those stories, like Rocky, for instance, right? That's a good example. Uh, but in a Zen practice, it's, uh, it's, it feels almost opposite. It's, it's like going down deep into the valley instead of mountain. And as you go deeper down the valley, um, if more and more you realize who you are not. Um, you realize that you are not who you thought you are. Right? So in a game of climbing up the mountain, going to the mountain, reach the top, and that's when you feel joy, and there's this uh, successful me, the image of me, is defined, right? And you enjoy it for a while, and but for the ego, it won't last long. You want more, so you have to find a higher mountain. <clears throat> um, but the practice of going down the valley, if you are really honest about the mistakes, about your practice of making mistakes, it's very humbling, right? And if you carefully watch what's happening in you, as you make mistakes, um, as you be really mindful of what arises in your body, it can be very painful. Uh, there's a sense of humiliation, it can be an anger, um, sadness, and whatnot. But if you believe this wisdom that you are not who you think you are, and, you know, simply be in the present moment and let go of the story that arises in your head, you know, right, right after making mistakes or when you feel failed at something, 
what remains is just a sensation in the body, right? And that's the um, manifestation of cause and effect. Cause and effect. Um, so for me, in my practice, when I went to Tassahara, um, I believed I was doing the right thing by following the schedule 100% and work really hard. And I thought I was, I was being a good monk. Um, but if you create a good monk and there are bad monks, and hey, that doesn't sound really Zen, is it? There are no good or bad, <laughs> right? If there are good or bad and there's a right and wrong, right? It's still in the world of duality. So every time I made mistakes, I would beat, beat up myself. And um, remember one day, I was, um, <clears throat> it was my third practice period. I was in a group called Doan Ryo. Doan Ryo is a group of people uh, who um, did ceremonies, right? Uh, those are the people who hit the drums or the big bell or uh, someone named Kokyo, the role called Kokyo, leads chanting, right? They announce what, uh, announce the title of the chanting. And I was Kokyo one day. And, you know, uh, if you've been to the ceremony here, you hear that, like, um, Heart of Great Perfect Wisdom Sutra, uh, and and the assembly starts chanting. And, and that day, um, the ceremony was a different ceremony. It wasn't regular, and um, the chanting was different, but I wasn't informed, or I wasn't reminded by my supervisor, you know. So I chanted the wrong title, wrong, wrong sutra. And the you know, you know, stopped me right there in front of everyone, and everyone froze, right? And when you do this practice, you are super exposed. You can't hide anywhere, right? It's like, oh, right. And... And there, me, you know, I'm from Japan originally, and, and unconsciously, you know, I had this idea of what's, what, uh, what a good monk looks like, right? And you don't make mistakes in ceremonies. And, and the pride was shattered in that moment. And, and I was so upset. So I went through the chanting, barely, and, and I made more mistakes. Um, you know, after the after the, uh, everyone chanting, then you um, the kokyo leaves the uh, so-called echo. It's a dedication. You know, uh, may we awaken Buddha's compassion and luminous mirror wisdom. Blah blah blah. Right. And I, I was just making mistake one after another because I was upset. And in this practice, it's it's relentless. Like you have to move on quickly. And and then right after the evening service, there's a, a dinner. So everyone sits on the cushion in the zendo. And I'm facing inside, so I was I felt really exposed there because you, when you sit zazen, you face the wall, right? And then when the meal begins, there's more ceremony to go, <laughs> and you have to you know clack the clackers and you chant more meal verse and and I wasn't I, I was this this up you know once you get upset, this there's a momentum right in your body, and I was making more and more mistakes, and I was just like it was a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> And like everyone was looking at me, is he okay? And, and my face was red, I was sweating, and finally it was done. And I, yeah, I had no appetite. <laughs> 
And after that, I was just so angry, and my, you know, I, was, I just wanted to blame everything on my supervisor. You didn't tell me this, right? Um, yeah, that kind of mistake. And I mean, from the outside, it's such a big deal. It's not a big deal. But it, for me, it was. It was the world for me, and my world was crumbling. Um, so that was not who I was. I mean, what I'm trying to say is that uh, the who I believe I was um, was shattered in that moment, right? And that night, I sat late at night every, after everyone went to bed, just sitting on late, you know, maybe like 11 o'clock, I was still sitting in the zendo. And, yeah, I made a countless mistakes like that, and every time I did, I was so angry. But then there was so much dharma, you know, in the valley. So, you know, talking to my teacher, talking to my dharma friends, um, and more and more I realized what I was identified with. And so I learned how to practice with this um, mistake, mistake making. And so in a conventional world, we try our best to avoid making mistakes, right? Because why is that? If you keep asking why, and there's a, a real deep fear in that, you know, oh, I look bad, right? And this is embarrassing. I, I, I don't look cool, I don't look confident, I don't look competent, right? So we try to project our positive image onto people. And then when you make mistakes, that, um, that cracks, right? That, that shell of the ego cracks. In the spiritual practice, you simply let it be. So the, the shell of the ego, you know, get damaged a little bit. You just don't do anything about it. But usually we try to repair the damage by reacting, right? It can be blaming other people or justifying yourself or you try to kind of dismiss it or whatever it is. But in a, in a Zen practice, you just let this emotion arise and you don't do anything about it. And, and if you have a, um, enough bandwidth, enough mindfulness in you, you simply realize that it's just a conditioning arising. You know, and it can be, you know, everyone has different trigger, right? <clears throat> and, and that trigger was, is a conditioned. Uh, it could be made from your painful experience in, in when you were young. Um, you had some like, really sad story around it. Um, it can be money for some people. Um, it can be whatever that you believe is right. And, and when that belief is threatened, we react. So when you do this practice, when you make mistakes, and the key is being aware. Being aware of what's going on in your body and mind. Right? 
Now, can you simply let go of this story? Because when you're upset, your mind goes so fast. You're creating all kinds of stories, and, and what's happening is the mind, is, uh, the ego, is trying to repair itself. But our practice is don't repair. And that's scary. That's really scary. Right? And we make so many mistakes. Mistakes, you know, so this kind of mistake, this kind of practice cannot be done um, Can I say, you can't crush your ego by willpower. Um, because who's trying to crush the ego? It's your ego. Doesn't make sense. Because when I went to the monastery, when I went to the Tassahara, I thought my practice was sincere and my belief was that, okay, to be free, what I have to do is just like, kill my ego. Right? But then who was saying that? It's my ego. You know? So you cannot control. But the mistakes inevitably happen, no matter how hard you try to be successful. And in those moments, you um, let the ego diminish by not trying to repair it. Does that make sense? So, mistakes happen in inevitably. And take, an op take opportunities in those moments. So, it can be little things, small things in your daily life. Um, maybe you're driving a car and you make mistakes. Maybe you cut someone off, you know, not knowing and someone, you know, um, um, yells at you, or, or someone gives you a look, or at work you made mistakes. Um, it can be difficult, this practice can be difficult at the beginning. So, you know, just um, be easy on yourself. You know, st you can start with the small things, right? Someone gives you a look because you made mistakes, or when you um, maybe in a work environment, in a meeting, um, yeah, you made mistakes, whatever it is. Um, and that thought arises, oh, I don't look good, oh, he must think I'm stupid, or, or my supervisor looks, you know, think whatever, and blah, 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 the mind comes up with all kinds of stories. And if it's not jeopardizing your job, <laughs> if it's a small things, can you just drop the story? You know? And, and simply be aware and be intimate with the energy arising in the body, that energy that feels, makes you feel uncomfortable. You know, that's the emotion. Emotion is a, a reaction to your thought. Right? And so body reacts in a certain way, and that makes you feel really uncomfortable. Oh, I want to get away from here. You know, I don't want to be here. Um, I have to say something to the person. Um, yeah, or you want to talk to your colleague and just vent your anger. So, 
That reaction is really the ego's survival strategy to preserve itself. And ultimately speaking, this practice of going down the valley is you let the ego diminish, but not trying directly. It's just that um, it's kind of like a paradoxical because the suffering is, from my own experience, I can say that the suffering is really caused by the ego. And the suffering has the power to diminish the ego. So in a, in a way, ego, ego has a self-destructive mechanism built into it. <laughs> so suffering is like a fire that burns the ego. And so if you can just let it burn, um, every time you do this practice, it creates more space. You know? And the, space, the spaciousness is the detachment. Right? So if you attach to your thoughts, the story, whatever the story arises in the mind, it creates this rigid sense of self. Yeah. And another thing, you know, in, when I was practicing in Tassajara in this Doan Leo, so I stayed long enough that I became a leader of the Doan Leo, and it's called Ino. And every day after morning ceremony, we review uh, how we did the ceremonies, you know. Um, there was someone hitting the drum too fast, or someone hitting the bell too quietly. It's such a wonderful practice because it's, it's, a, it's a harmless. Whatever the mistakes you make in a ceremony, you know, it's, it's harmless. No one gets hurt, right? But then your pride gets hurt. <laughs> um, and, and whenever I give feedback, you know, I, like, almost everyone uh, has certain reaction. And I, a lot of times, you know, people say, oh, uh, because uh, I thought the instruction is this way, or, oh, I thought that the whole assembly was off-beat, off or... Um, you know, it's really hard to just uh, say, yes, I made a mistake, period. And, or some people try to laugh it off, you know. Um, which doesn't mean that it's always ego. Maybe it's really, you know, um, some people who are not... Um, scared of mistakes, I think it's not a big deal, right? And if, if that's the case, it's authentic reaction. Um, like now, I'm looking back, like, man, why I was taking things so seriously, you know? Um, it's almost laughable. And I can even talk to the supervisor I was mad at. We, we can laugh at each other, you know? Um, but again, that's what we do, you know? We, Take things very seriously, even little things, right? Even how you scrub the floor, um, sweeping, or eating. Moment by moment, uh, uh, are you being alert? Are you being present? And don't get attached to it. And I was very much attached to a lot of things in, in the monastic practice. You know, I'm like, all right. 
um, yeah, my attendance was more than 100%. <laughs> um, I would even sit during break. But it, I didn't realize that it was, uh, 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 there was a bit of ego in there. It's like, I was like, I have to be in the zendo first, not second, first. I had to be the first, <laughs> right? So it's like a race. Um, and going through all that, um, and, and eventually, you know, I realized how attached I was in creating this new sense of self. Just realizing that allowed me to step back, you know, and I realized how this structure helps you to wake up. All these structures, you know, scheduled and certain things to do and manner in temple. It's just a means. It's just a means to be present and, and, and helps you to see what's going on in your mind and body. You know, so it's really pointless to be perfect in the ceremony or how you do things. It is important to some degree, yes, you know, if you're a priest, um, you have to be good at ceremonies and then you're responsible. Uh, you don't want to create, you know, um, chaotic ceremony. You want to make it smooth, of course. But there's something much deeper, um, something that is much deeper um, to realize in this. So outcome of the action is not the most important, but how you do things, that is vital. So after making many mistakes, um, I remember one day um, I requested a memorial service for my father, and that was the fifth anniversary of my uh, father's death. And um, for some reason, you know, during the chanting, I started crying, and I couldn't stop. And, and I realized something was hidden in me for a long time. <clears throat> and that was the first time I cried after my father died, and that was five years after. And after the evening service, you know, uh, in Tassara, we sit in a zendo, right? And I was still emotionally very upset and crying, and, and I felt so embarrassed facing everyone. Um, Yet, in, you know, after uh, doing this practice, I was aware enough um, that this, uh, what I was experiencing, this resistance was just a condition. And this knowing, this wisdom that I am not who I think I am, I am not my thoughts, I was, uh, I was able to let it go. And I was just simply facing everyone, and I was crying. And that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, something in me fell, fell off. And um, 
yeah, for a moment I felt very vulnerable, and then I felt a vast spaciousness. And I felt this okayness, everything is okay. I just simply trusted the Sangha and trusted my life. Yeah. So, if the success in a conventional wisdom is, in a way, creating new you um, in a spiritual practice, it's realizing who you are not. And realize, realizing that you are not who you think you are. Because, in an ultimate sense, who you truly are cannot be thought. Right, so that's why in in our uh, Soto Zen practice, it's called the Shikantaza, which means just sitting, and you simply let go of, of your thoughts. You don't do anything with your thoughts. You can You really have no control over thoughts that arise every moment. But you just don't do anything about it. You just simply let them go, let them go, let them go. And as you do this, um, you create a kind of spiritual muscle of not getting attached to your stories. And in getting, getting attached, what I mean is, is ident identifying with your stories. That creates this sense of me, you know? Oh, I'm American, I'm male, I am, you know, how old I am, and where I'm from, what political belief I have, and you know, all these stories. And also your personal experience, it creates this sense of me. But when you let go of thoughts, then who, who are you? Right? You can't even ask that question, because you are not, if you're not thinking. But, yeah. It's very hard to be free from thoughts. If you meditate, you know what I'm talking about maybe a few seconds of no thought here and there, right? But as you do this practice, there are more and more space between thoughts. And when there's no thought, you're free. <laughs>